I wondered this morning if I could ask you a question. And the question is, what do you do in times of desperation? So I wonder when you find yourself in a place of desperation, what do you do? Where do you turn? Now, when I was younger, I had a moment where I... I felt a little bit desperate and what had happened was is I were preparing to do my Duke of Edinburgh so here we used to have something called campaigners and we did our Duke of Edinburgh as part of that some will remember that I'm seeing some smiles of some of our chiefs we called them chief chief Tony and Heather over there um, so we used to do our Duke of Edinburgh as part of that and I was a little bit nervous of this and we're getting ready to prepare we had our practice one and I'd come home on Friday from high school getting ready to get all my stuff together for preparing for the Duke of Edinburgh and I'd got my bag that was up in my mum and dad's wardrobe at the top and was in like the top bit really high and you may notice I'm not the tallest of people and I had gone, there was no one home, my mum and dad were still at work, and I was trying to get this bag. Now, I managed to get the tip of it, grab it, and pull it, and thinking that I'd be okay, not knowing that there was something on top of this bag. I'd pulled it quite quickly, and something came flying out at me, and hit me on the head, about here. And I I remember feeling like, ow, that hurt, and really thinking that, was, that wasn't something small that really hurt. And then I kind of put my head on my head and thought, okay, yeah, and fine. And then the point came where I felt a warm sensation down the side of my face. And I was like, ooh, that doesn't feel good. And as I put my hand away from my head, I saw that my hand was red. Well, the thing that had fallen out from my mum and dad's that was on top of my bag was this little box. And the box had fallen and the corner of it had hit the top of my head and cracked my head open. Inside, if you're all wondering what's in, is the little French bulls. So, well, it's not the lightest of um, box. This came flying out at me, hit me on the head, and I felt blood trickling down the side of my face. My mum and dad on one of their walls have got all mirrors, and I turned and looked, and I could just see my face had gone all red and blood was going down. Sorry if there's some squirmish people in here. Another thing to add into that is that I was someone who was prone to faints. So I would often feel a bit queasy and faint. And so I could feel myself going a little bit funny. And so knowing what that feeling had meant, because it hadn't been the first time that I'd felt faint, I quickly sat on the bed and I felt a little bit desperate. I was like, I don't know what to do. There's no one home. This isn't feeling quite good. I felt a little bit panicked. So I did what I often did in times of desperation. I called mum. That's what 
I did. I called mum. I went down and got their phones. We didn't, I didn't have a mobile. The little white lanyard phone. And I grabbed it and I rang my mum. It looked, it didn't look good, the phone. It had like a big smear all across it when they came home. But I rang my mum and I was like, mum, mum, I've cracked my head open. There's blood everywhere. I'm feeling faint. It's not good, mum, and stuff like that. My mum, calm and collected went go across the road to Karen and I'll be back as soon as I can well we on our street live opposite Caramelia who is a member of our congregation and so I kind of got my hand and like feeling a bit sorry for myself if I'm being honest and went across the street there was drips following me and I went across and I could see Karen in the in the window looking a little bit alarmed as I came to a door and she was like come in come in and come in and sorted me out and my mum came and it was all good but I was in that place of feeling a little bit desperate and not quite sure what to do but my mum I rang my mum And my mum sorted it out and told me what to do and all was good. Do you know, when you are in a place of desperation, where do you turn? You know, there is, as I look at society now and look at my, like the people I meet, there are so many people out there that find themselves in desperate situations. You may be somebody in here this morning that finds yourself in a desperate situation where you're feeling like, I don't know where to turn. I don't know where to go. Because there are a lot of people that are in desperate situations. You know, and when people are in desperate situations they can turn to lots of different places can't they they can turn to relationships they can turn to um, alcohol drugs drink like trying to just get that fun whatever it is there are loads of places people can turn when in places of desperation And in the Gospels, in the Bible, we find that there are people that are in that place of desperation and they hear about Jesus and they go to find Jesus. They turn to Jesus. And today I want to read one account where two people find themselves in a desperate situation. And we find it in Mark 5 verse 21 to 43. And it says... When Jesus had again crossed over by boats the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying. Imagine the desperation Jairus must have been feeling. His his daughter was dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. Again, imagine how desperate she would have felt. She had been suffering for such a long time, 12 years. But not only that, she would have been an outcast and wouldn't have been able to spend time with other people because she would have been in. she would have been considered unclean that in that she was in a desperate situation she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had yet instead of getting better she grew worse when she heard about Jesus she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought if I just touch his clothes I will be healed Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. 
At once, Jesus realised that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then he... Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet. And trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher any more? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. Don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James and John and the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. And after he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said, Talitakum, which means, little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately, the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. In this account, we find two people in such desperation. And I wonder if you can put yourself in the shoes of the people that we read about, of Jairus and the woman. The woman that feeling lonely, not only suffering in her health, but feeling lonely. And she'd tried everything, but she was in that moment of desperation. Jairus was seeing his daughter die before him and seeing he needed something. He needed a miracle and he'd heard uh, that Jesus was there. You know, both very desperate, both very different, both saw Jesus as the answer and both had faith and both saw their miracle. And I believe that there, is a, there are people in such desperation and I believe that the miracles are coming. I believe that the miracles are coming and I wonder this morning where is your faith at? Where is your faith at this morning to believe for the miracle? You know the woman, there's part of me that thinks it's been 12 years would I have been that desperate to go and find Jesus? I would have been like oh this is how it is now, like this is it, I'll just kind of stay in my area, I know that this is it, nothing's worked. Or would I have that desperation to go and find Jesus and to see the miracle. You know, for me, I, of what I do and like what God has put on my heart, I have been desperate for a generation for so long. A generation to know Jesus. And you know, at times when I look at young people and children, things just seem like it can be getting harder for them in society and things like that. But actually, I believe that the miracle is coming and that actually we will see that Jesus will do something incredible with our children and young people. On Friday night here at Youth, we had, each week we're getting more and more young people drawn to this place so it, and it is incredible. And on Friday night here we had 92 young people in this place. 
But not only that, we had five young people who said that they wanted to follow Jesus. They responded to following Jesus. There are people who are desperate. I don't know what maybe miracles you need. I don't know what miracles your family may need. I don't know what miracles your neighbours, your friends, our communities may need. But I know that there are desperate people. There are desperate people out there. And I love this account because it's really encouraged me. And as I read it recently, often when I've read this account, I've always kind of been drawn to the woman. But actually, as I read it recently, I was drawn to Jairus and the story there and I was I I felt like it was a picture for us as a church that our vision statement a light on the hill transforming our communities one person at a time that actually we want to see people's lives transformed by the power of Jesus we want to see people's lives transformed because we know how Jesus has transformed our lives and the miracles he has done in our lives I believe that God wants to bring dead things back to life and breathe life into a dying world And how incredible that he wants us to be part of that miracle. He wants us to be part of the miracle. But I wonder, when I've been reading this account, both the woman and Jairus had heard about Jesus. And I was thinking about it, and I was thinking how the... There may be a world out there, there might be people, your neighbours and that, but they don't know Jesus is in town. They don't know Jesus is in town. That actually they're so desperate and if they knew Jesus was in town, they'd be the ones that's running to grab his cloak. They'd be the ones that are there to fall at his feet. But actually we are here as the bridge to be able to let the town of Bolton and beyond know that Jesus is in town and that Jesus can and will perform miracles and transform lives. But often we can be so um, wanting to keep like the comfort of life and things like that that we forget to let people know that Jesus is in town and that Jesus is in the business of in transforming lives but this morning I want I called this message don't miss out on the miracle Because I believe Jesus is going to do incredible miracles I believe that I have total faith that he is but there was something as I was reading this account that made me ask of how I don't want to miss out on that miracle that I believe the miracles happen I believe that God is going to do something incredible here at the bridge and in the town of Bolton I really truly believe that I'm seeing glimpse of it now like as I said with young people and things like that but it could be so easy for us to miss out on that miracle and there's a moment in this account where Jesus goes to Jairus's house and he asks people to leave the room there there was people that was the it it said that there's a big commotion and they were mourning and they were crying and he told them to leave the room well what would actually have been customary would have been normally in the times then is that people would have hired professional mourners okay so they would have hired people to build up this atmosphere of grief to cry when someone's dying to make that um, atmosphere of grief there so that would have been what was surrounded and the fact that Jairus was a leader would have meant he would have been quite wealthy and probably would have hired a lot there would have been a lot of professional mourners there 
You can see that how quickly they turn from crying to laughing at Jesus that shows actually there wasn't that desperation in them. There wasn't that true mourning in them. And Jesus asked them to step out of the room. You know, I've been in a place where um, I once went to high school and my friends were all talking about something. And I was like, what are they talking about? I don't have a clue. Like, where, when's all this happened? And I realized they'd all been together and had a bit of a party and I hadn't been there. And they were all talking about this stuff and I'd missed out on that you know, there can be some of an element of that that I could imagine the people that had been there were all like, they'd seen that this daughter had been healed and, and had come back to life and she'd walked out and they'd been like, whoa, we've just missed out on something. Like what has just gone on in that room because we have just missed out on something big that they missed out on seeing the miracle. And I was just thinking about that. I asked myself a question I asked myself the question, would I have been somebody in the room or out of the room? Would my faith, my, would I be, have been so desperate to see this girl come back to life? Would I have been in the room or out of the room? And I wonder with the miracles that Jesus is going to perform in our town and here, are we people that would be in the room or out the room? And when I first read this, something I wrote in my journal was that I wanted us as a family and the Fosters to always be that kind of family that people like, we need to get them in the room. That when there's that place of desperation and things like that, that they're like, we need to get the Fosters in the room because of their faith. I've got friends that um, I know they have got incredible faith and that they have got like such a heart for us that they're people that I'm always like, I want them in the room. If there's something of desperation in a place, I want them in the room because I know that they're going to have a heart to have faith for the miracle for me. And I know there was a time quite a few years back, and I'm not going into details, but me and Aaron, uh, something that had happened in our family, we, we were in a place of just total desperation. We didn't know what to do. I remember being on my knees and just crying out. And uh, we were supposed to be somewhere, and we'd text some of our friends just saying, we really can't be there, there's an emergency. And we'd never talked about it since with my friends or anything. And then, just recently, I was talking to one of my friends about it. And she said to me, she said, when we got your message, we all instantly started praying because we knew something wasn't right. We saw a miracle in that moment and our friends, even though they weren't physically in the room, they actually were in the room with us. They were there standing with us and praying for us and believing for the miracle and we saw the miracle we needed. Would we be people that would be in the room or out of the room? When I was younger, just thinking of another story, um, I'm the youngest of the grandchildren on both sides, actually. But um, my granddad, I think he was a bit of a surprise that he had another grandchild and that I came along. And he was quite protective of me. And I remember that whenever I was with my siblings or my parents, if anything, anybody said anything to me, my granddad would be like, leave her alone, leave her alone, let her be. And would always be there. And he was somebody that I always wanted in the room. I know if my granddad was in the room, everything would be okay because he has got my back. And nobody would be able to say anything or do anything. I think that maybe frustrated my mum and dad at times when they were telling me off. And he was going, let her be, let her be. 
But he was somebody that I always wanted in the room. And my challenge to us this morning, there's two challenges. One is, is that if you find yourself in that desperate situation, what we see in this story is that both Jairus and the woman, they came and they fell at the feet of Jesus. They had such faith and they fell at the feet of Jesus. And this morning, I'm believing for you. I'm believing for you that as you come and you fall at the feet of Jesus, that your miracle is coming. The miracle happened in very different ways. The woman, it was instant. Jairus, I can imagine he felt the lack. He was devastated because it like he'd got the reports that she died his daughter and Jesus said don't be afraid just believe that actually his maybe didn't happen as instant as he would have liked but the miracle came anyway that actually that we can trust Jesus with our desperation and believing that the miracles come and if that's online write in the chat because we want to be praying for you if you are desperate and need a miracle I believe that the miracle is here the miracle is coming and then secondly the challenge is is that for us as a church as a community let's be a people that lets people know that Jesus is in town and not only that but let's be a people that would be in the room because of our faith but because of our faith that we don't become such professional Christians in what we do where we go through the motions and we turn up on a Sunday but actually wouldn't be in the room but actually let's be the ones that have that such a heart for people and that faith that Jesus would be like yeah you come in the room that we wouldn't be put out the room but we'd be in the room I'm really really excited to see what God is going to do in the town of Bolton and let's be the people that are in the room in the room believing for that and seeing the miracle that we don't miss out the miracle because of our as I said we're going through emotions but actually because of our faith we see the miracle we're able to testify of Jesus's goodness and power so as the band come back up And even thinking this morning with it being a dedication Sunday, let's be the people that are fighting for um, the children and young people, the people that have got faith for them, that are believing that Jesus is going to hold them and keep them and that they're going to see miracles in their life. They're going to see the transformation of Jesus in their life. And if you would all stand with me this morning. We're going to come to a time now of worship. But I want us to take this opportunity that there are praise and prayer request forms on your on the chairs around you. And if I said there's, there's that desperation this morning, and it might not be for you, it might be for, uh, as I said, your neighbours, it might be for things you're wanting to see in Bolton, whatever it is of their miracles, I want you to write it down on that on the prayer request and also of when I talk about that room of faith if there's things Jesus has done for you let's praise Jesus for that this morning let's write that on and praise Jesus and let's this 
this morning this be a room of faith in knowing that we can see miracles. So as I said, you've got the praise and prayer requests on your seats. If you grab one, if it's that you, there's a miracle you're believing for, write that down. If it's something you are thanking Jesus for and have got faith that you, and I want to thank that, that, that it's that encouragement of faith, write that on the other side. And as I said, both Jairus and the woman, they came and fell at the feet of Jesus. They weren't bothered about what that looked like. And this morning, I wonder as we worship now, whether you come and put your praise and prayer request forms here and put it at the feet of Jesus. Let's put it this morning as that kind of that saying, Jesus, we're giving this to you and we're believing. We're believing for the miracles. We're believing that the miracles are coming. Do you believe this morning, church? Do you believe in the power of Jesus? Just even where you are now, just start, if you're a follower of Jesus in this place, just start thanking Jesus, start lifting his name up. Let's start increasing our faith right now for what Jesus can do. If you're at home online, you can write these things in the chat, your praise and your prayers. Yeah, dear Jesus, we thank you that you are here in this place this morning. We thank you, Jesus, for the incredible things you have done for us. And we believe in the power of your name, Jesus. We believe in your power. And we pray, Lord God, that this morning, as we know, there can be so much desperation. There can be so many people hurting, so many people that find themselves in darkness, Lord God. And I pray, dear Jesus, even for people that don't know what miracle they need, but just feel desperate. I pray, dear Jesus, that right now, Spirit, Holy Spirit, as you come in this place, as we know you are here, we come and we fall at your feet, Jesus, and we ask that you would do something so incredible in our lives. We believe the miracle is coming. We have faith for the miracle. We believe that we are going to see lives transformed in the town of Bolton and beyond. We believe it, Lord Jesus. We believe for your provision, Jesus. We believe for all that you can do. And I pray, Lord God, that we would be people that because of our faith, that people say we need them in the room. We need them in the room. That we wouldn't become so professional and comfortable in what we're doing. That actually we're ones that are outside the room, but actually we ask just a heart, Jesus, to see you move. That we are the people that are always in the room. People that are called to be in the room, to see the miracle. We pray, Lord Jesus, we would not miss out on the miracle. We don't want to miss out on the miracle of what you are doing.